Hello, and welcome to On the Turf, hosted by two guys who have never been on the turf. My name is Arjun Narayan. And I'm Sri Belankanda. And today we're joined by a guest. Uh, his name is Rohan Patel, and he is a huge Arizona Cardinals fan. So Rohan, how was your night? Well, last night was definitely a bit rough. Um, I'd say it wasn't one of the best times to be a Cardinals fan. Um, you know, this year in general has been really great, but last year was, or, sorry, last night was definitely heart-wrenching. Um, we had a lot of hope at the end, um, you know, at that last second drive. Um, just unfortunate that Kyler threw a pick on that last drive. But listen, we have a lot of good weapons. We have a really good team. Um, I think we're going to be a really good team going down the stretch and into the playoffs. That's quite optimism from a team that lost 24-21 to when that team, the Packers, led by the best quarterback in the NFL, Aaron Rodgers, beat them 24-21. to Remember that Aaron Rodgers lacked Devontae Adams, the best receiver in the NFL, and his top playmaker, Alan Lazard, his reliable wide receiver too, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, their wide receiver three, who has some very bad drops at times, but is also a good deep threat. They beat the Cardinals at relatively full strength. I understand the Cardinals didn't have J.J. Watt. I understand DeAndre Hopkins was in and out. But we literally, the Packers literally had people who had never played NFL snaps before who were pulled off of practice squads from who knows where. Yet, they won the game resoundingly. Well, before you say any more... You made some really bold takes there. First of all, I got it. I hate to break it to you, but Aaron Rodgers is not the best quarterback in the NFL. And Devontae Adams is not the best wide receiver. That's us. DeAndre Hopkins is the best wide receiver in the league, and I'm going to stand by that because we saw how much it hurt us when he went out of the game for a bit. Rohan, I half agree with you. I think that Aaron Rodgers might not be the best NFL quarterback right now, but I got to agree with Arjun that Devontae Adams right now, the best NFL wide receiver I don't think there's a question. DeAndre Hopkins, I mean, maybe it's because Kyler's spreading the ball around, but right now, I, I might have to disagree with you on the wide receiver end. But at the end of the day, right, the point of the game was that Pack the Packers' defense and the Packers' running game. We saw the Packers' running game be at probably the most efficient it's been all year, right? We saw A.J. Dillon, we saw Aaron Jones get involved in a big way they haven't had before. And I really think the game planning from Coach LaFleur was probably put him in the coach of the year conversation um, and in a way that he hasn't been before. He's gone 13-3 and three his past few years, but I think this was the biggest win of the past three years for the Packers because they took a 7-0 team at home, they took them down to the wire, and they beat them physically. And on the defense, they were physical as well. You saw players like Devontae Campbell, a former Cardinals player, and Rousseau Douglas, a former Cardinals player as well, get game-changing sacks and picks that really changed the game. At that end of the day, I would say that the Packers were just the far better team physically and had a far better game plan than the Cardinals. I have to agree with you on that one. Um, you know, the running game was something that we could not stop yesterday. Um, you know, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon were just a two-headed monster last night. We could not stop them. Fantastic game planning by LaFleur uh, deciding to go to those two because they really carried that game. And I have to say, you know, Considering this wasn't one of Rodgers' best games, I know Arjun will disagree with me, he only threw for 184 yards on 37 passes. Um, considering all of that, you know, the Packers often still put together a very, very good game based on the ground. And their defense was also pretty solid, um, especially considering that the Cardinals offense has so many weapons which they managed to contain. Yeah, I think that 
Green Bay offense just really worked well with that quick passing. I know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers without his top three receivers and still pulling off that win. I mean, as a Vikings fan, it, it pains me to say this, but really the Green Bay Packers showed out last night. Even on the defensive end, without their defensive coordinator, just that play calling, and without Jair Alexander, I thought they would definitely struggle against this Arizona Cardinals offense that has so many weapons in DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz. They have A.J. Green on the perimeter. They got Rondell Moore. I mean, I didn't really think that the Green Bay defense was going to stop them, but hey, they proved me wrong, and credit uh, to Green Bay. You know, you mentioned Rondell Moore, which I think is a pretty big thing to bring up. He's been a really great weapon, but um, yesterday he made some pretty crucial mistakes in terms of you know, getting us bad field position on kick returns. He had a really huge muffed punt, which led directly to a Green Bay touchdown. Those are mistakes that we don't usually see from him. There's some classic rookie mistakes. And that gives me a bit of hope because I think that, you know, those mistakes aren't always going to happen. We're not always going to have a muffed punt leading directly to a touchdown. So listen, I think that we made some mistakes, which are typical on an off week or on a short week, like a Thursday night football game. We're going to bounce back. But guys, at the end of the day, we're not talking about my guy, Aaron Rodgers, enough. I mean, come on, man. Yes, he only threw for 184 yards and two touchdowns, but he showed a complete mastery of the offense yesterday. He made plays when he had to. You guys see that six stiff, uh, that six sidearm to Cobb to get that t- second touchdown to Cobb of the game. You see all those that big play down to Robert Tunyon in the middle. Also, prayers up for Robert Tunyon who just tore his ACL out for the year. But at the end of the day. Aaron Rodgers was the better quarterback yesterday. He was the best quarterback yesterday. And he showed why he that Saints game was an aberration. Why Aaron Rodgers is going to put himself in that MVP conversation in the next few weeks. Arjun, I hate to break it to you, but man, you're saying some stuff that's completely out of pocket. Aaron Rodgers is not getting himself back in the MVP conversation. He's a talented quarterback. I like Aaron Rodgers. But you got to be a bit delusional to think that Aaron Rodgers is putting himself in the MVP conversation after a game like he had against the Saints, after a mediocre game against the Cardinals. It's just not happening. All right, those are quite fighting words and quite harsh words from a, 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 a fan who supports a quarterback who just threw for two picks and no touchdowns and around the same amount of yardage that Aaron Rodgers did. Kyler Murray has been at the top of the MVP race for the entire season. Yet Kyler Murray had a terrible game yesterday. Aaron Rodgers had a terrible game to start the year, but he's been playing great since then. I'm not saying Aaron Rodgers is the MVP right now, but do I expect him to put himself in that conversation? I do, and when you have a player of that talent, it inevitably will be. But I think that's enough from us about Packers versus Cardinals. I'm sure we're going to talk about this more as the night goes on. But let's talk about the trade deadline that's approaching us just this coming Tuesday on November 2nd. Now, we already had a pretty big move. We saw Mark Ingram being moved back to his former team, the New Orleans Saints. And we saw that Brandon Cooks, who quote-unquote said, it's bullshit after this trade, we saw that he largely probably wants out of Houston. Now, what do you guys think are some teams that could be going for Brandon Cooks if he's available on the trade block? I think that Green Bay could be a team that looks to acquire Brandon Cooks. I think that right now Green Bay looks really good, but with Brandon Cooks, Devontae Adams, and (laughs) Arjun's nodding his head right now because... Well, you're getting uh, like me excited saying, just, but... just hearing about this. <laughs> yeah, but I really think with Aaron Rodgers, you already have a wide receiver one with Devontae Adams. You put another wide receiver one with him, with Brandon Cooks. You got the O-line that looked really good last week against the Cardinals, and you got David Bakhtari coming back, and you got a great running back duo. I mean, this offense looks unstoppable, and clearly the defense showed out last night. And I really think that if Brandon Cooks goes to Green Bay, I, 
I don't know. I, I think they'll be unstoppable. Yeah, I do think um, that Cooks and Green would be a, a really huge addition for that team. Having two great wide receivers, you know, having Cooks as that wide receiver too would cement them as a huge Super Bowl contender, I think. Um, and just to go back really quickly to Mark Ingram, I have to say that's a really great pickup by the Saints, I think. Um, it's clear that Alvin Kamara has struggled a bit more this year, I think, shouldering the entire backfield load without Latavius Murray or Mark Ingram as years past. And I think that putting Mark Ingram, who's really a bruising runner back into that mix, will definitely help that offense out a lot. And for Cooks, um, you know, Green Bay, I think, is a great team that he could go to. Another team that we talked about earlier was the Baltimore Ravens. I think that they could really use another wide receiver, too. And I'm really hoping that Cooks gets out of Houston. It's a really difficult situation he's in, considering his talent to be on a tanking team like that. So I really hope that he can get out of Houston, but we'll see if it happens. But I do think one more team that Cooks could go to is the team we started talking about, which is the New Orleans Saints. Obviously, Cooks played for a portion of his career there when Drew Brees was there. And I think Cooks could be a really good addition to that team, right? Um, you have Michael Thomas coming back in a couple weeks. You have Alvin Kamara basically operates as one of their wide receiver twos on the team. And you saw this past Monday night when they played the Seahawks that none of their other receivers can really be relied upon to make those clutch catches. Brandon Cooks is one of those people who can be relied upon. But the next player on the trade block that obviously we talked about a lot in our first episode was Deshaun Watson. Now, in the past week, we saw a lot of movement in the Watson trade talks, right? Obviously, Watson is the quarterback for the Houston Texans who, required, who requested a trade last February. He has 24 sexual assault allegations against him at this time. Um, we saw that the Panthers wanted to pursue him earlier this week after the complete dud of a game that Sam Darnold had. But earlier, a couple days ago, we heard that Ian Rappaport reported that the that the Panthers no longer will trade for Deshaun Watson because Deshaun Watson won't waive his no-trade clause for them. Therefore, the Dolphins are the only team basically left in the running for Deshaun Watson. So, Shri, do you think a Deshaun Watson trade is happening, or do you think we're just going to have to wait till next offseason considering his illegal situation? Yeah, personally, I'm not really expecting anything much. That trade deadline is November 2nd, and these legal issues I don't think are really clearing up and giving the Dolphins any clarity before then. So, personally, I'm not really preparing myself for a trade. I think in the next offseason, that would be what like the big news is. So yeah, for my for my end, no, I don't think a Watson a Watson trade is happening. Okay, but I think another QB acquisition that was a recent trade that I know Rohan has some thoughts about. Um, Joe Flacco traded to the Eagles. So Rohan, I I hear you have some big thoughts about this huge trade in the NFC East listen, and the AFC East. Listen, it's not a huge trade in any way, shape, or form. But I just question what the New York Jets are doing. This is a tanking team. Why are you trading? I know it's a sixth round pick that they gave up for Joe Flacco. But why are you giving up any draft capital for a veteran quarterback just because Zach Wilson went down with injury? This team is clearly tanking. They're not even bothering to start Flacco this week. They're starting um, Mike White, who's like a second-year quarterback out of who knows where. And the point is, it's fine. You know, you're a tanking team. You can lose a couple games. Give this guy some experience. I don't understand why you're giving up draft capital for Joe Flacco. I know it's not a big deal, but... The New York Jets are a poverty franchise, and they keep showing that again and again. Yeah, you got to feel for Jets fans, man. I mean, Zach Wilson hasn't been great, and the game Zach Wilson gets injured in, they lose 54 to, what, 13, something yeah. like that. I feel bad for Jets fans, man. And when you're, a, when you're a tanking team and a rebuilding team, every pick counts, right? 
And I don't think you should be just throwing away sixth-round picks on Joe Flacco. You're not winning games with Joe Flacco. You're not going to go for the playoffs with them. Might as well just stick with Mike White until your rookie quarterback comes back. But the next segment we're going to go on to is um, our weekly one, which is Fantasy Team of the Week. So, Shree, what do you think are the best fantasy QBs that are going to be coming out this week? So, these picks aren't really going to be the most obvious ones. I think that these quarterbacks are against weaker defenses that are streamable options uh, for anyone that's looking for that safe 18, 19 points. Um, First person I have is Teddy Bridgewater against the Washington football team. I think Teddy put up some pretty good numbers over the first three weeks against weaker defenses, and I don't think the Washington football team isn't, uh, the secondary at least, isn't really that strong. Uh, I think Teddy Bridgewater is a safe option. I also think Trevor Lawrence against the Seattle Seahawks, who don't really have one of the best secondaries, could have put up pretty decent numbers. I think if he gets that running game going with James Robinson, he'll feel a little more comfortable. And I don't really think the Seahawks are going to be putting him in that much of a pressure situation in terms of them putting up points. I think Trevor Lawrence is pretty good uh, in terms of a streaming option this week. Well, um, I like some of your picks. I think that Bridgewater is a solid pick, um, especially because, like you said, he's going up against a weak Washington defense. Um, just the only issue I have with him is he's been a bit turnover prone the last couple of weeks. He's had six turnovers the last three weeks, which is a bit cause for concern. But I think that for the most part, he will be a pretty solid um, QB for this week against a weak defense. Trevor Lawrence also has a weak defense against um, in, in the Seattle Seahawks, so I think he can put up good numbers. Hopefully this can be one of his breakout games because he's struggled a bit up to this date. But I want to talk a bit more about running backs as well, um, some of the best running backs for this week. Um, I think one of the top running backs that's gone a bit under the radar is DeAndre Swift against Philadelphia. Um, he's going to have a really good game. The Philly defense isn't amazing, and Swift has been a very consistent running back. Um, he's actually third right now in PPR leagues in terms of scoring. Um, you know, He's an RB1, he's a fantasy star right now, and he's going to get you... Um, above, I would say, 17, 18 points per game, I think, going forward. He just has that workload. Um, next, I think one of the other um, good running backs is going to be Damian Harris. I know Arjun likes him on his fantasy team. Um, Damian Harris is a really hard runner for the Patriots. Um, he's got a good matchup against the Chargers, who Nick Chubb tore up a couple weeks ago. Um, I think Damian Harris can have a really good game on the ground. The only issue I could see there is game script taking away carries. Um, if that Chargers offense gets out ahead quick and forces Mac Jones and the Patriots to pass. Yeah, um, I think Damian Harris has the best best matchup of any skill player of the week. Um, On paper, I mean, let's remember, Bill Belichick beat this Chargers team led by Justin Herbert. Granted, it was a different staff and all, but 45-0 last year. Damian Harris is facing one of the worst rush defenses in the NFL. He's been steadily getting better every single week. He got two touchdowns last week, put up about 24 points. I think Harris is going to be a stud. And I don't expect the Patriots to be out of this game, considering that Mac Jones has been really good and improving a lot in the past couple weeks. Yeah, I think another running back to kind of keep on the radar as well is Michael Carter, who kind of has been under the radar so far this season. But last week, I think he kind of showed out a bit. Uh, I, I noticed a lot of checkdowns going his way, and I really think that uh, he he's not going to be stuck in that, uh, the running back room with Ty Johnson. He's not going to be stuck. Uh, with him too much. Uh, Michael Carter, I think, will put up around 13, 14 points in PPR leagues. Uh, and yeah, I think... That's yeah, and with a poverty franchise like the Jets, you're always looking for some <laughs> fortune. And Michael Carter is going to get used at some fortune. I personally had him on my team for the entire year, waiting for him to break out. And I'm so happy that Michael Carter, that my bet is finally paying off. He put up 16 points last week. I think he's going to be an RB2 the rest of the year. But another running back that I really like that I also have in a couple of my teams is Chuba Hubbard. 
Now, for all the McCaffrey owners, Chuba Hubbard has filled in pretty great. You know, he's not been McCaffrey, obviously, but who is? Um, but Hubbard's been a solid starter. He's facing an Atlanta defense that isn't great against the run. I think Sam Darnold's going to be taking a lot more checkdowns this game. I think the coaching staff's going to make him do so. And Hubbard's shown that he's out there catching the ball. So I expect him to be pretty productive this week. And I think that he's going to have a pretty great week and rebounding after some not-so-great ones. But some wide receivers I really like um, that are coming up this week. One of them we talked about last week, which was Chris Godwin. Um, Now, let's remember that AB is out. He's been out since last week. And Mike Evans, he's virtually out this week because he's going against Marshawn Lattimore, who shuts him down basically every time. I think last year he had, like, one catch and then, like, two catches in the two games they played against New Orleans. So... I think Chris Godwin's that wide receiver one, basically for the Bucks this week, and we know how productive that Bucks offense is. So I think Chris Godwin's going to have a really great week. Um, another player I think that's, is going to have a really great week is Deontay Johnson. Now, Shree, I know you love Deontay Johnson, so why don't you talk about how 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 much he hogs the targets on the Steelers? Yeah, I mean, I got Deontay Johnson on my fantasy team. Uh, he got 13 targets last week. He got two the week before, but that was just against that was just an outlier. He got 13 before. He's got 10 or more targets in all of his games except one. And I really think that he's getting that he's getting those touchdowns. He's almost found himself to become a deep threat uh, as well. And I think that Deontay Johnson, just that guy that Ben Roethlisberger trusts, uh, he he's gotten all these targets. And I I think that he's has wide receiver one uh, um, upside. Uh, I think he is wide receiver one, and I think that he could be like a top five wide receiver potentially this week. Another guy that I actually have uh, that could be doing pretty well is Michael Pittman. Uh, ever since Ty uh, has been like on and off, one of those close wide receivers needed to step up, and that man is Michael Pittman. And he's going against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, and that is the Tennessee Titans. And last week, Michael Pittman put up 20 points, and he's found some form of chemistry with Carson Wentz, and I don't think that's going to change against the Titans. So I think Michael Pittman is putting up at least 15 points this week against that really, really bad secondary. I think Michael Pittman is a really great pick. Um, he's really shown out the last couple of weeks. You know, he's building a strong connection with Carson Wentz. And I think I want to give a quick shout out to Carson Wentz too. Um, you know, he's been having a really fantastic year. He's only had three turnovers on the year. Um, he's had the best pass rating of his career. And I think that's really going to help Michael Pittman um, throughout the year. And he's going to put in some really good fantasy games, starting with the Tennessee Titans this week. Another couple of receivers that I wanted to point out are two Bills receivers, Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. I think both of them are going to have really good games against um, a weak Dolphins secondary. Um, Xavier Howard is one of the top corners in the league, and he will be shadowing Stephon Diggs, which could take away some of that glamour from Diggs' fantasy appeal. But I expect Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders, who's been a top 20 receiver thus far, um, to really pick up that slack and have good games against the Dolphins. Yeah, um, and I think all of those picks are great, but let's move on to our next segment. So every week, uh, Shree and I do power rankings, but whenever we have a guest on, we obviously want to highlight their picks on the NFL. So what we're going to do is Rohan's going to read out his power rankings 10 to 1. After he's done reading all 10 of his power rankings, we're going to discuss them, and I'm sure Shree and I will have some issues with them inevitably. But let's see what Rohan's got. So Rohan, let's go 10 to 1. Who you got? Alright, so just to preface this, um, my rankings are very NFC top-heavy. Um, the NFC teams have, you know, there's five one-loss NFC teams who I think really have cemented themselves atop the rankings. Um, but again, there's a lot left to go in the year, so let's get into it. So at number 10, um, I've got this, the Los Angeles Chargers. 
Um, I think that they've been good at this point. They've had a really rough game against the Ravens last week. Um, at 9, I've got the Baltimore Ravens. At 8, I got the Tennessee Titans. Um, at 7, um, one of the biggest surprises of this year is the Cincinnati Bengals, um, who've really shown out with that Joe Burrow, J- Jamar Chase connection. At 6, um, I got the Buffalo Bills. Um, I know they had a rough loss to Tennessee last week, but um, they're one yard away from winning that game. I think that this is still the top team in the AFC. And now, like I said, we move into the NFC portion of the power rankings. My top five teams are all NFC. Um, at five, we've got the Dallas Cowboys. Um, at four, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. At three, the Los Angeles Rams. Um, as much as this pains me to say... <coughs> wow, it really pains you to say it. It's really... It's, I'm really choking on my own words because I can't get these words out. But at number two, I have the Arizona Cardinals, unfortunately. That one loss puts us down. And I know Arjun loves this, but at number one, we got the Green Bay Packers. I use the science of transitive wins. I know it's very reliable. But listen, the Packers beat the Cardinals. The Cardinals beat the Rams. The Rams beat the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers beat the Cowboys. That's how I got my top five. And I can't put one team above the other if they've lost to them. All right, so Shree, if I could get the first word in, I just think that Rohan's rankings... I just want to highlight, he's got the Green Bay Packers at number one. So that automatically makes these the best power rankings to ever exist, in my opinion. Um, but I got to say, in my with my personal power rankings, I think I've got the exact 10, 10 to 5 that Rohan has. Um, I think he did a really good job. I think the Chargers and the Ravens, um, they're kind of in, their, in the same tier, in my opinion. Both teams have some pretty big flaws on the defense, especially. Um, they're probably going to hold them back. But they've got two stud quarterbacks that are probably going to lead them deep into the playoffs, um, but probably not the full way. I think the Titans, the Bengals, they're also in a similar tier. Um, I think the Bengals have such a good defense that hasn't been talked about enough. That defense is so good. Um, And it really limited Lamar Jackson to one of his worst games of his career. In fact, I think it was the most lopsided loss of his career that he's ever had. Um, So that Bengals defense is great. And that offense, obviously, Burrow and Jamar Chase, Need I say more? They, they're just as good as they were in LSU, if not better in the NFL. Um, I do think that the Bucks. I think the Bucks are playing like the second best team in the NFC right now. I think that defense, yes, it lost to the Rams, but let's not forget they were trotting out people like D. Delaney. Do you even know? Do you guys even know who that is? No. I don't. Yeah. I have no idea. They were trotting him out against Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. I mean, that secondary was absolutely decimated. They're getting people back healthy. They're getting Jamal Dean back. They should be getting Sean Murphy bunting back soon. Um, And Carlton Davis is going to take a little more time to recover. But the point is is that secondary is going to recover. And despite the injuries, they're still a 6-1 team that's been playing with a quarterback who at the age of 44 is playing the best football of his career, in my opinion. Their offense is up there with the best in the NFL. Their quarterback is up there with the best in the NFL. Um, And in my opinion, I think they're the second best team in the NFC and in the NFL. I think the Rams and the Cardinals, I would put them down the spot. But obviously, Aaron Rodgers, best quarterback in the country. He's the Packers deserve to be number one. But Shree, go ahead. As much as it pains to put the Packers at number one here as a Vikings fan, I have to agree with Arjun. The Packers balled out uh, last night against the Cardinals. I, I still don't think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the NFL right now. I think Arjun knows that too. He just hyped about last night's win, but that's okay. Uh, but yeah, I think I honestly have like the exact same power rankings as Arjun. Uh, the Cardinals for me are also a bit high, but a, a bit higher than I would like them to be. Uh, I'm just kind of, um, I, I just think that the Packers exposed them last night. And I think that a lot of teams will follow up on this. 
and kind of see, kind of like work through those holes. JJ Watt was gone um, for the rest of the year. Chandler Jones, it was his first game back, so we can cut him some slack. D Hop, I, I don't know like if that injury is gonna like be a factor for the rest of the year. And I, I don't know. I, I think that the Cardinals have definitely been exposed. I still think they will definitely make the playoffs. Uh, but I'm sorry, Rohan. Um, but I, I have to put the lower. But yeah, I completely agree. Wow, I'm sensing a lot of Cardinals hate here. And, and for no reason. Listen, we had <laughs> one of the best teams throughout this entire year. We were undefeated up to this point. And we didn't play nobodies, okay? We, we ran over the Rams. We ran over the Browns. We ran over the Titans. We had convincing wins against two top 10 teams right now. And the Browns, who I think, um, were also you know pr- a pretty solid team. And... We even just beat these. We haven't just beat these teams. We've we've throttled them. Like the game was over by the time the fourth quarter came around. And yeah, listen, we had a bad week. Um, but I'm gonna rattle off some excuses for the Cardinals right now, which probably none of you want to hear. But I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna give them anyway. You know, we lost J.J. Watt, who's um, a great pass rusher and is also a great run defender too. Um, we just found out we lost him for the year, so we didn't have time to recover from that. We were playing on a short week. Um, D Hop got injured halfway through the game. Um, and he was in and out of the lineup, which definitely hurt um, Murray's chances. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on. I think that the Cardinals will bounce back. Listen, we still have the we're still at the top of the NFC West. We have a tiebreaker over the Rams. I'm confident that we can beat them again. And I think that this is still a very good Cardinals team. And I'm hoping that we play the Packers again sometime. Hopefully in the NFC Championship, where Rodgers, you know, has a bit of bad luck. I- Look, let's not bring up. Let's not bring up that. Like, we're not there yet. We don't have to talk about that yet. But I think. Hey, Arjun, what what what's what's Rogers' record in the NFC? Look, we don't got to talk about that, right? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> look, the point is, is that I guess I'm pulling for the older quarterbacks here because I think both Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, they've pulled their squads together despite injury. Yes, Rohan just talked about all the injuries the Cardinals had. Brady w- was without Gronk. He was with. He's been without AB. Um, their defense has been decimated. They have had they've been trotting out like fifth stri- fifth string corners at this point, and the Packers lost all three of their receivers. They don't have Zadarius Smith. They don't have Jair Alexander. They don't have David Bakhtiari. They they all of their stud players besides Aaron Rodgers were not playing yesterday. Oh, and Aaron Jones of course. But the point being is that these teams have succeeded despite adversity, and these teams, the Packers and the Bucks, are the top two teams in the NFL. For that exact reason, I think they would take the Cardinals any day, and I think they would expose the flaws they had. I'm not saying the Cardinals are a bad team. I just think the Packers and the Buccaneers are a little, a little bit above them. That's 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 bold of you to say that the Packers and Buccaneers are both above the Cardinals. Um, you know, I agree. There's a reason I put the Packers on top of my power rankings. I do think, like you said, considering all the adversity they've overcome, they've shown that they're a, they're the top team right now. I think they're the team to beat. Um, I'm willing to put that Saints loss in the rearview mirror. It was really bad, but I think they've shown now that they are the top team in the league. <clears throat> but at the same time, again, this Cardinals, this Cardinals team has been really good. The Buccaneers have shown some flaws in the secondary, which might be resolved. But until I see that, until I see that secondary get a lot better, um, that's still their Achilles heel, and it could be something that's that's their downfall. All right. Well, we would love to hear your thoughts about Rohan's power rankings on our social media, uh, which is at On the Turf Podcast. So we would love to hear your thoughts on there uh, to talk about your power rankings for the season. And uh, maybe we'll be talking about some of your power rankings next week. But let's get into our final segment of the day, which is midseason awards. This is personally the section I'm looking forward to the most. Um, we're going to be talking about all the major awards besides Coach of the Year. That's more of an end of the year kind of thing. 
Um, but all the major awards that go to players, and we're going to predict um, who should win these awards. So Offensive Rookie of the Year. For me, this is probably the most lopsided category. Um, I think Jamar Chase, the wide receiver for the Bengals, the fifth pick of the NFL draft last year, has got this on lockdown. Yeah, I mean, I was just excited uh, for Jamar. Uh, I feel like he turned it around after that preseason, all those drops, all that hate. But he really has turned it around. He's gone for around 754 yards on 35 receptions, uh, probably the second most yards per, uh, yards per catch after MVS. Uh, and really, he's just reignited this Bengals offense, uh, giving some hope to the team. And he has reestablished the LSU connection that everybody's been waiting for. Uh, Jamar is balling. He's on pace to, be, to break that rookie record. I'm just excited for this Bengals team because they haven't really done anything. Uh, and yeah, I, I think that he is definitely uh, locking down the offensive rookie of the year. And I think the only person that may catch him, and I really don't think this would happen, is Mac Jones. So Rohan, what do you think about Mac Jones? Well, uh, first, just a quick shout out about Jamar Chase. Like you said, he's been amazing. I, at first, I thought that they, the, the Bengals made the wrong pick by picking Jamar Chase over Panay Sewell. Um, I'm willing to eat my words and more. I think that Jamar Chase has been fantastic, like you said. Mac Jones, he's been a really good quarterback for the Patriots. Um, I did not expect him to be the most successful in the draft so far. But as of now, um, he has had the most success with his team. Um, I don't think he, he's, he has the most potential, but as of now, he's the most NFL-ready quarterback with the best weapons, and it's showing. Um, he's put together a pretty solid season so far, but like you said, Jamar Chase is just having a heck of a year, and I think it's going to be really hard for Mac Jones to catch him. Yeah, I think Jamar Chase has got this on lockdown. I don't see any, I don't see any scenario in which uh, Mac Jones could challenge him for this award. But defensive rookie of the year is going to be a little bit more of a, it's it's going to be a lot closer of a category in my opinion. And we kind of struggled putting together our picks for this. But I think the one we agreed on the most was Michael Parsons, who is probably predicted the as as the most likely to win it before the season started. Michael Parsons obviously has been moving around to different positions. Uh, he's been playing edge rusher um, in lieu of, Mar- of Demarcus Lawrence, who's been out uh, since week two. Um, but he's also been playing off-the-ball linebacker. But I think that versatility has really added an element to his game and really allowed him to rack up stats in different categories. Yeah, I think Michael Parsons has been playing really well. I remember him at the NFL Combine, or at the at the draft, sorry, about really wanting to go to Dallas. And he got the opportunity to go there. And I think, yeah, he's been playing really well. Uh, just like we all expected him to to play really well. And uh, I, I think he definitely is the front runner for uh, the Defensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, Michael Parsons has been putting up a lot of stats, but another fellow edge rusher that I think could put up um, some stats that could challenge for Defensive Rookie of the Year is Gregory Rousseau, um, the edge rusher for the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, before the draft, people saw him as a as a prospect with a lot of physical measurables, but not very much technicality to his game. But he's really made some game-changing plays, especially that one pick um, against Patrick Mahomes in the Bills-Chiefs game where he literally went up for the ball, slapped it down, and caught himself which is just an amazing play by Gregory Rousseau. Um, he doesn't exactly have the stats right now. He is putting lots of pressure in that Bills edge rush rotation, um, but I think he could be a stud. But before we move on to our next category, I, I just want to shout out another guy, Nate Hobbs, who probably not a lot of you know about, but he's a cornerback for the Las Vegas Raiders, and he's just been playing out of his mind. He has one of the highest PFF grades of any corner like not just including rookies, any corner in the league, um, along with his teammate Casey Haber Jr. I want to shout out my guy Nate Hobbs. You know, he's not going to win Defensive Rookie of the Year, but he's certainly putting up some stats and banking a name for himself. Um, I hope more people will start to notice him. But Comeback Player of the Year. 
for me, this is a really interesting category because we've got two quarterbacks here who have who are coming back from kind of very devastating injuries. Um, in my opinion, one of them has set them uh, set themselves apart a little bit more than the other. Dak Prescott, in my opinion, and we'll get to him a little bit later when we start talking about the MVP. But Dak Prescott, for me, is my pick for comeback player of the year. Um, I just think he's playing out of his mind. He's carrying that offense. But another player that I think is really challenging for it is Joe Burrow. Yeah, I think both of those quarterbacks are, you know, really good contenders for comeback player of the year. Dak right now has, um, you know, a bit more of the statistics, which you look for. Um, so I feel like he might have an edge right now. But we did learn earlier today that Dak might be out against the Vikings this week. Um, and you, you have to look out for those injuries. You know, you hope it's not something long term. But if it is, um, that could be something that propels Joe Burrow up front. Yeah, as a Vikings fan, I, I just feel very, very... Um... I, I, I'm just excited. I'm not excited wow, for three. That's course. really That's nice being guy. excited about a player being injured. <laughs> no, no. I'm, I, I mean, I just knew that we would get crushed by the Cowboys if Dak was there. I mean, I think that Dak just makes such a huge impact on the Cowboys. He's reignited that team from last year. Uh, I, I also think that Dak will obviously win this com- uh, comeback player of the year unless like Joe Burrow somehow turns it around. Uh, I'm not turning it around, sorry. Unless he like performs exponentially, uh, which I don't think will happen. But as a Vikings fan, uh, any fellow Vikings fans out there, I think, guys, if Dak is out, I think we can pull off this dub on Sunday night. Yes, the uh, four of so you yeah. that are out there, I hope you guys are supporting <laughs> the Vikings this week. Skull. <laughs> but the next category we're going to go on to is Defensive Player of the Year. And we got another cowboy here, Trayvon Diggs. How many interceptions does he have? Like eight? Seven. Something. Seven, yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I, I feel like he gets an... I think he's gotten an interception every game. So he's just playing crazy. Um, I mean, I don't know if he's the best cover corner in the league. Uh, yeah, I think, Rohan, you you had some, some words to say about Trayvon Diggs. Listen, I think Trayvon Diggs is a fantastic cornerback. But I think he's showing us the difference between a ball-hawking cornerback and a lockdown cornerback. Um, don't get me wrong. At this point in time, Trayvon Diggs is the defensive player of the year. I think he will keep that if he keeps up this pace of interceptions. But by no means is he the best defensive player of the year, period. Um, you know, you got better cornerbacks like Jalen Ramsey who lock down players um, fully. You know, they just don't allow them to get any receptions. Quarterbacks are scared to throw to them. That's why they get no picks anyways because they don't get the ball. Um, quarterbacks are more likely to throw to Trayvon Diggs, which is why he's able to get those interceptions. But again, if he puts up these interceptions, he deserves the defensive player of the year. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you guys, if... Let's say that he, this, this interception streak that he's had, let's say that that kind of evaporates, right? He doesn't have that, he doesn't carry that many interceptions anymore, but he's still letting up that many yards per game. Do you think that will potentially like tip the scales for another player like Miles Garrett, who's been balling out this season? Oh, I definitely think so. I think Trayvon Diggs, he's made a name for himself this year based on interceptions. He's got to keep that name by keep getting interceptions. Now, he doesn't need to stay on the crazy rate he's on, right? But I do think that... He needs to continue, like Rohan said, being that ball-hawking corner. Otherwise, as a cover corner, he needs to improve that part of his game. Because if you guys remember, right, in the Patriots game, he got a pick six for Mac Jones. A play later, he let up a 75-yard double-move touchdown to Kendrick Bourne, right? That's the duality of Trayvon Diggs right there. And if he wants to really cement himself for the defensive player of the year, I think he's going to stop letting up those big plays. Yeah, and like you said, I think that, you know, if Trayvon Diggs lets up a bit, Miles Garrett could easily sneak back into that conversation because um, he's got nine point five sacks so far. Um, you know he's looked really good so far, um, but yeah, man, the defensive player of the year conversation is just um, 
right now it's a two-man race, I think, and one of those will, will come out on top. Um, so the next um, big thing is Offensive Player of the Year, obviously. Um, and for this one, um, I know we got two major players we've been talking about. Shri, who's your guy that you're choosing for Offensive Player of the Year? So, so I know there's always this debate between Derek Henry and Cooper Cup, but I got Cooper Cup in fantasy, and he's been balling out this season. Uh, he's on pace um, for like historic records. And I know it's a bit of a hot take, and I know Arjun and Rohan might disagree with me on this, but I think Cooper Cup may have a chance. I think he will break the receiving yard record uh, by a wide receiver, and I think that that 17-game uh, season will definitely help him with this. He's got nine touchdowns, 809 yards, and 56 catches. He's by far like made a huge leap just because Matthew Stafford uh, has found a way to just get that ball, get those balls to him. Uh, Robert Woods. I don't know. I'm sorry, Robert Woods, fantasy owners. Uh, right now, I'm a Cooper Cup fantasy owner, so I am elated uh, because of Matthew Stafford. But I really think Cooper Cup has a real chance of winning Offensive Player of the Year. But even if Derrick Henry wins, I would not be upset. Look, let's remember that Cooper Cup has been the one who's getting breakfast with Matt Stafford, right? <laughs> Robert Woods, all he needs to do is get <laughs> some more breakfast with Matt Stafford. For those of you who know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. But at the end of the day, in all seriousness, I do think Sean McVay is going to involve Robert Woods more in this offense as the season goes on. Yes, Cooper Cup is a great receiver. I'm glad Cooper Cup is getting his um, the touches he didn't get when Jared Goff was there and those deep balls, right? But I think for the Rams season to be sustainable, when they start playing good defenses, they're going to lock down on Cooper Cup. And to the credit of the Cardinals, that's exactly what they did. Um, and... The And Robert Woods and those other receivers um, need to really step up for the Rams to have the success they want. And I do think that they are, they're cognizant of that, and they're going to start getting those other receivers involved. But I think I speak for me and Rohan as both Derrick Henry owners, that Derrick Henry is the Offensive Player of the Year and, will, and is the reigning king of the Offensive Player of the Year award. Um, I mean... Derrick Henry is just on a monster pace. He's on pace to break the rushing record. He's on pace to break the touchdown re- record set by LT uh, a little more than a decade ago. I mean, he is just playing out of his mind. He is the Titans offense. If we're talking about a most valuable player and an MVP, which we're about to talk about after this, I mean, Derrick Henry is as important to the Titans as any quarterback is to their own team. And I just think Derrick Henry is such a good player and is going, and I mean, he's leading all the major categories by a substantial amount. Yeah, like you said, you know, Derrick Henry's been an absolute bulldozer this year. Um, I'm going to give a quick shout out to the Cardinals because the Cardinals have been the only team to really <laughs> lock down Derrick Henry in the first game of the year. But ever since then, Derrick Henry's been on a tear. He had five straight 100 yard games. Um, he had about 86 yards against the Chiefs last week, which is still very good. Um, he's rushed in 10 touchdowns, threw for another somehow against the Chiefs. You know, he does everything. Um, and right now, he's he has 870 yards of rushing, which is incredibly 300 yards more than the next closest player, or almost 300 yards more than the next closest player, Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, he's on pace for another 2,000-yard season. I think that he's the best rusher we've seen in a while, and I think that if he continues this pace, he can get that Offensive Player of the Year. I remember all these debates about Derrick Henry versus CMC, who the better running back was, but really, I really don't think anyone should be able to make a debate for CMC anymore just because of those injuries. Really not taking away anything from CMC, but Derrick Henry, he, he sustained it. He's been healthy. He's been like that. He's literally been that Titans offense. He's caught touchdowns. He's rushed for touchdowns. He's even passing touchdowns right now. 
Arjun, is there anything he can't He's do? He's the king. He is the king, and I expect him to retain his crown going into next year as well. But the final award is the MVP. Now, I know all of us have different picks for this award, but let's go over the players that we didn't pick. There was two that we decided upon. First, Josh Allen. Obviously, he is that Bills offense. He's been playing really great. Um, I think as he's their primary rushing attack. He's their primary passing attacker. I mean, he's just so good at the game, and he's really improved from those first two years where we thought he couldn't even be the, that answer for Buffalo Bill uh, for the Buffalo Bills. But another player that's kind of had a resurgence, or um, as he's moved from Detroit to LA, is Matt Stafford. Stafford has been everything that the Rams want him to be. Um, he's been excelling in the deep ball. He's been giving them that that passing element to their offense. He's been a, a, just a statistician on the league. What, what am I saying? He's been a really good quarterback, um, and I expect him to keep up all the stats he's been doing. Sean McVay is giving him opportunities in the offense, and obviously he's making players like Cooper Cup really good. But, Tree, I understand you have a pick for your MVP. Who is that pick? Yeah, before I really talk about my MVP, guys, just, just notice that we don't have Aaron Rodgers in this. Uh, in this top five. I'm glad uh, you mentioned that. Remember, Ar- remember Arjun was talking about how Aaron Rodgers was his MVP, and he himself did not Okay, okay, this. wait, wait, we wait, all... wait. I'd like to defend myself here. I say Aaron Rodgers would build himself into this conversation. We're only at the midseason here. There's half a season to go. Aaron Rodgers is going to be in that conversation by the end of the year. And when we have our podcast at the end of the year, I assume we will be talking about Aaron Rodgers. I really hope anyone, no one fact-checks me on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but to kind of go over my MVP pick, uh, it is the 44-year-old Tom Brady. I mean, he's been, I think he's putting up really his best numbers ever in his career. Uh, he's only getting better. And uh, without Gronk, without AB, he's still found ways to win. And for the first time in his career against Miami, he's put up 400 yards and five touchdowns. And this year, his touchdown to interception record is 21-3. to uh, As a fantasy owner in one of my other leagues, I've been very satisfied and I think the Bucks should be satisfied as well. Tom Brady is the GOAT. TB12 is my MVP. Okay, well, I'm going to go... Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little biased, and I'm going to go with Kyler Murray for my MVP pick. Oh, uh, here we go again. Now, listen, listen. I know that Kyler Murray ha- didn't have a great game yesterday, and it probably hurt his chances a bit. But listen, the Cardinals are still a 7-1 team. Kyler Murray has the second-highest completion percentage in the league. He has the fourth-highest QB rating in the league. And he's thrown for 17 touchdowns and run in three touchdowns. So he's accounted for 20 touchdowns on the year so far, which isn't far off from Brady's number. So I think that Kyler Murray has put together a really solid statistical season. And you see just how integral he is to that Cardinals offense. Um, last year, we sort of imploded without him um, at the helm. And this year, um, when he's come back, you know, he's really put together um, some great games. And... His mobility is just such a strength that you see on the field. There are just some things that, you know, statistics can't show. And Kyler Murray running around like a little dog on the field. Uh, <laughs> it's a weird analogy to make, but man, it's so it's fun to watch um, him running around and making plays with his feet and with his hands. You know, Rohan, I didn't, the, when I saw Kyler Murray, I didn't think of a little dog, but I guess to each their own. <laughs> it's like a little puppy. Man. <laughs> I, I guess. But my MVP pick is neither a dog nor an old man. His name is Dak Prescott. <laughs> and Dak Prescott has shown that he is the Cowboys offense. He is, he controls that team. I mean, we saw that team last, last year, with Andy Dalton, Garrett Gilbert. We saw them being just ineffectual on offense. But this year with Dak Prescott, we're seeing that he he controls that offense. 
in that last game against the Patriots, we saw him at his best, throwing for over 400 yards. Now, I don't like to talk about how the Cowboys are good, but like Dak Prescott is controlling that team, and he's showing why he is the most valuable player to that team, right? Look, I know that Brady has put up a lot of stats, and I understand that I, I think Brady's my second choice. I think he's playing at such a high level right now, and he's also controlling that team to the best of his ability. I don't understand what Rohan's talking about Kyler. I mean, Kyler had such a dud of a game yesterday. Rohan's homerism coming in once again. Um, he is not a dog. He is, he's, he's still a puppy. He hasn't become a dog yet, <laughs> if we're sticking with that analogy. But I just I, I don't think Kyler is up to that MVP. I mean, he's been putting up really good stats. He's got a high completion percentage. But I don't know. I think that game yesterday really dings him a lot in the MVP race. But I think it's a two-man race between Dak and Brady right now. And I think Dak simply... Even if he's not putting up the stats Brady is, he's controlling that offense in a way that you see a palpable difference between this year and last year. And yes, Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. But why don't we spread the wealth a little bit, right? Dak Prescott hasn't gotten MVP. Let's give him some love. He's shown that like he is that offense. And let's give just give him some praise for that. You know, I do think you're right. I think that right now Dak and Brady are really good um, MVP candidates. Um, but the thing is, there's a lot of season to go left. we got half the year left. Um, I think some of the guys we mentioned, like Matt Stafford, Josh Allen. Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my God. Don't get me started. <laughs> maybe maybe even Lamar Jackson could um, get themselves back in this race. I don't think one game is going to completely knock you out of the race if you bounce back. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of time left. Um, we'll see who comes out on top. But I do think it's going to be one of those top quarterbacks. And I think one comment on this is that we're all, all of our picks are NFC quarterbacks, right? And I just think this NFC playoff race is going to be so interesting this year. We've still we still got five teams with just one loss, and we don't really know who's going to come on top. I mean, I think the Packers are the best team. Rohan thinks the Packers are the best team. I think we all agree that the Packers are the best team. You really have to you really have to sneak that in. Somewhere. Okay, yeah. Arjun. Okay, it's, okay, it's going to okay. change sometime soon when the Packers get another loss and the Cardinals are still going sixteen and one on the year. But but at the end of the day, guys, right? I think this playoff race is going to be so interesting. And I can't wait to talk about it with you guys once we start getting into the late regular season and into the playoffs. But that's all we have for you guys today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of On the Turf. Thank you to Rohan for coming on the show. Um, I'm sure we're going to have him on soon again. Yeah, um, it was a lot of fun. Hopefully I can come back sometime. Hopefully we can discuss a bit more Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. But um, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you guys for listening. As a reminder, please check out our social media at On The Turf Podcast on Instagram. Well, I am Arjun Ryan. And I'm Sri Balmkanda. And I'm Rohan Patel. And we'll see you next week on The Turf.